Good morning, everyone. It's so good to see everyone here, kids. Good to see you all, too. We got... Okay. Okay. I don't know if you guys were any of you here last week. Okay, you're going to answer every question I ask. Because I wasn't here last week. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Thank you all for coming today. Um, Today we're going to go two questions from last week. If you know it, not, no big deal. Let's just try it. So why did Abram take Hagar to be his wife? Anyone? Maybe? No? Okay. Maybe you know? Could it be God? I think God has hand in it, right? Sort of. Uh, well, hold on, let me tell you the answer. So, the reason why Abram took Hagar to be his wife was because he was depending on his own work instead of God's. So, he decided that he would do his own and himself, that he would do it, which he's already had problems with already. We talked well, so we talked about him and Lot, remember? He tried to do one thing. Lot tried to do one thing. It didn't go well, but Abram followed what God said to the promised land, and Lot kind of did his own thing, looking with his eyes. Do you guys remember that? Yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. That's awesome. <laughs> okay, next question I have is, what was the name of Hagar's son? Do you remember? <laughs> you, got, you have a lot of answers. I like that. <laughs> it's God. Okay. <laughs> you might get some of these right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's actually Ishmael. Yeah, it's close. You guys almost had it. You almost had it. <laughs> this little face is great. Um, so Ishmael, yeah. So God would take care of Ishmael, even though he would not be the son through whom God would bless the nations. So just a little something from last week. So real quick, would everyone get their Bibles out and go to Genesis 17? Well, I'll read it to y'all. How's that? Cool. So if anyone has a Bible, go to Genesis 17, verses 1 through 8. And you guys, I'll just read it to you because I have it printed right here. Now, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. And I will make my covenant between me and you. And I will multiply you exceedingly. So remember, he's talking to Abram about this, right? This covenant, this promise he's talking about to Abram. So Abram... What does he do? He falls on his face. That's pretty, that's pretty on reverence to God, right? So Abram fell on his face, and God talked to him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, God. And you will be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall you be named Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. So verse 6, I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you. And kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after throughout their generations as an everlasting covenant uh, to be God to you and to your descendants afterwards. So a lot, of, a lot of family stuff being dedicated to you, right? And I will give you and your descendants, all your family lineage, after you, the land where you live as a stranger and all the land of Canaan and as an everlasting possession and I will be their God. So God just promised a lot of things to Abram, huh? A lot of things. So let me go into some questions, see if you guys might have heard what I said and see what they uh, sound like. So first question I have for you is, what did God call Abram to do? So in that scripture I read, if you kind of remember, what did he call Abram to do? To be the father of many nations. 
He did say that. That's right. But what did he tell him to do at the very beginning? Walk before me and be what? You remember? Huh? Faithful or blameless. Faithful. Yeah, so to walk before him blamelessly, okay? You might remember this too, but as Enoch and Noah walked with God, Abram was to do the same thing, right? Walking with God includes not only knowing and enjoying him, but also obeying him. And I love this term because I remember reading the scripture with Enoch. He walked with God for 300 years. That's a long time, right? I've only walked with God maybe 10, 15 years faithfully. He's walked with him for 300 years. And so knowing and enjoying God, but also obeying him. That's the other part. So this is why Abram was called to be perfect or blameless. Okay? So let's try the next question. What is the new name God gave Abram? Abraham. Yes. All right. Bonus question. What does it mean? What does Abraham mean? You guys just said it. Father of what? Father of many nations. Yes. Father of a great multitude or father of many nations. Yes. So every time he heard his new name, Abraham would be reminded of God's promise. So now he said, Abraham... He's now reminded of what God promised him through his descendants and through God to make him into a great nation. That's pretty cool. Changes your name. So God just, right off that, just changed your name. <laughs> so who did God make his covenant with in this story? Abraham. He did make it with Abraham, but who else? Ooh. Oh, plot twist. <laughs> God made a covenant with God. <laughs> Yeah, well, how about this? God did not make his covenant with Abram alone, all right? But with Noah, Abraham's whole house, and his future generations. Yeah. <laughs> so he basically made the covenant with everyone in the sense, from Abraham all the way down. That was his promise to them. So the main idea I wanted to get to all of you, including everyone listening today, was God's delay taught Abram about his weakness and God's strength, okay? Now, let me read you this. Have you ever, you ever been to the Grand Canyon? No? You've been there? How big is it? It's really big, like huge. I've never actually been there. I've just heard people have gone there. I think you guys have been there, right? They know firsthand. You know firsthand. So it's a canyon. It's a deep valley cut through a steep mountain. So it's just, just a huge cut of rock. So it's one of the biggest in the world. And in some places, it's pretty wide. I think in one spot they told me about, it was about 18 miles wide from one part of the canyon to the other. That's pretty long. That's like halfway to Artesia. So it's a long stride of uh, open canyon, okay? So I want you all to imagine that um, you were going to try to jump from one side to the other. Could you do it? Nope, you're going to fall in that. Ooh, truth, honesty, I like that. (laughs) You did. Yeah, so even if you were an Olympic gold medalist, you probably can't make that, right? Almost impossible. Yeah, it is impossible. It is impossible. Woo, yes. Okay, so you couldn't even come close jumping. Not even cool. I couldn't even jump one mile, right? But this is what God was seeking to teach Abram, okay? So there's the lesson. So this is what he's seeking to teach Abram in his delay. So remember, many years had passed since God had entered into a covenant with Abram because he entered a covenant with him before, right? promising to make Abram into a great nation. But Sarai um, continued to be childless, his wife. Remember, she was barren. He was almost 100 years old. They were waiting for God's promise. They're like, well, where is it? I'm 
you told me this years ago. I'm 100 now. There's no way I'm going to have any children, no descendants. <laughs> My wife's barren, and I'm 100 years old. There's no way. So he was doubting what God had promised, right? So that's where he came to this. So from them to try to have a child would be like jumping across 18 miles of canyon. It's a, kind of impossible. But that was exactly the point, okay? So Abram was powerless to bring God's promise to pass. Now take note of that. He was powerless, right? We don't have that power, okay, to make God's one. Yeah, he didn't have any. He was powerless to it. But he could not make the jump, but now who could? You, got, you might know this one. Who could make the jump? God, yes. Yes, good. Okay. Well, he's everywhere. So, yes, but God could. And so we learn that in grace, God came to Abram. So remember in grace, giving himself a new name, and he revealed himself as God Almighty. Another new title, right? God Almighty is all-powerful. Okay? The God whom belongs all power. So Abram was weak, and God was what? Yes. God is strong. God also gave Abram a new name, like I said. From now on, he would be called Abraham, which means what? Yes, father of many nations, father of great multitude. Remember that, big thing. So by both these names, God was confirming his promise. Okay, That's what he promised to Abram, changed to Abraham and his descendants. By his great power, God would make nations and kings come from Abraham. The 18-mile gap would be crossed by who? God. God himself. Yes, so that's the point. So our power, we're weak, but he is made strong, right? So let me ask you three questions, and we'll wrap it up and go into prayer. So what new names did God give to himself and Abram in this story? So there's two names. God gave him a name and Abram. Do you all know? Abraham. Abraham, there's one. So what did God give him? What was the name God told Well, that's good, too. That's Abram's name. But what about God? What did God call himself in this one in the scripture? So in the first verse, he said, I am God. It's close. God Almighty. Call himself God Almighty, which means what? All-powerful. Yeah, all-powerful. All right? So God revealed himself as God Almighty, and Almighty means all-powerful. So there's nothing that is too hard for God which I'm sure hopefully we all know that there's nothing impossible for God. He had the power to cause a hundred-year-old man, Abram, and a barren wife, Sarai, to have a child. That's pretty miraculous because it's tough having a child. <laughs> it really is. Um, so for God, changed Abram's name to Abraham, which means, like you said, father of multitudes. Awesome. So next question. Uh, why did God give himself and Abram these new names? So he gave him the names, but why did he give him the names? Yeah, the promise, right? Good. Yeah, also that, but also to strengthen their faith because uh, Abram needed to be reminded of who God was. So every time he said Abraham, he's always going to be reminded of that promise, which we also need that daily, <laughs> right? So through Abram was weak, God was strong. He was the all-powerful one, and he was the only one, okay, who would make Abram into a great multitude. Not Abram, only God can do that. As Abram's new name implied, every time Abram heard his name, he would be reminded of God's promise, right? It's all God's doing. God did everything 100%. So now, last one. You guys are doing great. I love it. So how is God's power a comfort and encouragement to us? 
happen. So why should we take comfort in what God does? What's something he never does? Lie. What else? Never sins. Never breaks a promise. He's never broken a promise. He's never let you down, right? Yeah. So remembering that God is almighty and he gives comfort. That is definitely a different topic for another day. Thank God for his sovereignty. <laughs> so remembering that God is almighty and gives comfort that he is strong enough to keep what he promised. Because if I promise you something, any of you, I'm probably going to break it, hands down. If I tell I'll see you tomorrow and help you cut your lawn, I'm probably going to forget because I have a son who's on the floor right now, right? I'm going to forget that I'll break my promise. But God does not break his promise. And he's, he's clear on that, very clear in Scripture. So even when it seems impossible, right? And so his power to save teaches us not to trust in ourselves, okay, but in him alone, right? When we trust in ourselves, that's when problems happen. Like, let me give you an example. You ever heard of the trust fall? You guys ever heard of that? You try to fall backwards, someone catches you. Could you do that by yourself? No, you would fall. You would fall hard every time. So why should you trust in yourselves when you can trust in God? Yeah, exactly. Wonderful. Well, I'm glad I could teach you guys this. Let's go into a quick prayer. And the prayer I want to go with you guys Yes. <laughs> Let's pray that uh, your children and would acknowledge the native weakness and worship God for his gracious power to save and their souls to do what they cannot do. So let's pray to God about that. Lord, we come before you and thank you for this time of worship and to just understand your word and the joy you have and the teachings you have in the word that allow us to understand that we can't do this ourselves. You know, and we come as we're dead in our sins, but we've seen righteous in you in Christ as when we believe and trust in you, Lord, and that alone gives us joy and relief. And we're thankful for that as we learn through the scripture as well, Lord. Help us to understand that we need to stop trusting in ourselves and just trust in you alone, since ourselves are <laughs> rough in a lot of ways. Uh, help our hearts just to just follow you, Lord, in the word, in the scripture and to fellowship with one another as we always want to trust in you and you alone, as it should be in Christ alone. We love you and praise you, and in your name we pray, amen.